OTB Rugby. And that's why those of us that aren't cynicals but understand the workings, see the world rankings as they currently are, as very fallible and very loose. Subscribe to the Rugby Stream on the OTB Sports app now. All right, you're welcome along to Thursday's Off the Ball. Nathan with you this evening. We've got a very busy show ahead. Johnny Sexton has been in front of an EPCR disciplinary committee today arising from that misconduct charge he faced following the Champions Cup final. Remember it there about, I don't know, two months ago. Uh, so that has been ongoing. There is no white smoke and apparently we're not going to find out anything tonight. So he's going to be informed over the next couple of days. But it dragged on all day and we're all waiting to see what it means for Johnny Sexton and a potential suspension ahead of the World Cup or maybe even into the World Cup. Obviously somewhat overshadowing tomorrow's World Cup final for the under-20s against France. But Rory O'Connor's in Cape Town. He's going to bring us all the latest from 8 o'clock. Uh, Jordan Henderson, Liverpool captain, Heading to Saudi Arabia, it seems, £700,000 a week, tax-free. And we're going to hear from Dominic King on that story. Fabinho also set to leave Liverpool to go to Saudi Arabia. It's been another cracking day at Wimbledon with Luke Jensen and his uh, burst of positivity from half past seven and Declan Bogue is going to be talking to us ahead of the football semi-finals that on the way after nine o'clock. Willow Callahan is in studio. How are you? Not too bad, Nathan. Richie McCormick, good evening. Gentlemen, how are you? Not Feel too good. bad. Best player to never win in All-Ireland, lads. This was brought up in OTBAM. I've been thinking about it all day, says James and Ross Common. Really, James? What are you doing? What are you working at? Did you get to think about this What's all day? What's the suggestion, Nathan? Well, I'll give you the top five. One. It's pretty simple. Number one. Lee Keegan. Number two. Kieran McDonald. You're going to name the whole Mayo team from the last 25 years. I was going to go Keith Higgins. Okay. <laughs> Number three. Colin Boyle. Lee McHale. <laughs> Number four. Kieran really McDonald, number five, <laughs> Colin Boyle. There's your top five. Simple as. Not a pattern to be had. <sighs> well, with respect to Billy Joe. Oh. You know, he wasn't quite on the list. Uh, Willie yeah. Joe, possibly. Yeah. But Willie Joe, obviously, you know, I was very young when Willie Joe was playing, so it's more a... Was Willie Joe not your cult hero when you were growing well, exactly. up? Exactly, it's more yeah. a state of being than um, actually a memory of every match he ever played. <laughs> you know, he was just an icon. But I'd always have Mikhail ahead of him just because of the legs and the Did short, the the short way, like, shorts. You've been thinking about this. This isn't John and Ross Common at all. Oh, well, there's nothing more glorious. We did a um, we did a road show up in Ackle just before COVID where we had both Willie Joe Padden and Lee McHale together on the same night and Kilban. Yeah, it was you and Cal. That's was a Kilban. lot of oh, man. That, was one of the, that one, is a lot of man. Possibly the greatest night I've had working in this organisation. But like, McHale's tanned legs. Like, they're not off Mayo. They're otherworldly. And he's still got it. Like, McHale must be heading for 50. We should do a 50th north birthday 50, special he? for him. He must be north of 50, surely. You're right. He I must be well in the mid 90s. He so looks. I'm telling you, he's in serious shape. 58! What? <laughs> there you That's go. outrageous. Well, for Mikhail's 60th birthday, we're having a special Thursday night off the ball. Mark it down <laughs> the calendar right now. <laughs> Who's on? Him, Timmy McCarthy, his best mate. Who else are he bringing in? Oh, we'll a lot uh, of Dior Marsh. The great Dior Marsh. Yeah. Well, now basketball? Absolutely. Uh, here's a far better question. Best player to never win is grand. But who are the worst players who've ever won in All-Ireland? Oh, good Lord. <laughs> you can have a little think about that one, lads. A little think about that one. I think for the best one, you've got to include probably some of the Waterford hurlers of the last 20, 30 years as well. Has to be good for them. Ollie Canning has to be up there too. Like, fairness to the Waterford hurlers, though. Like, they're playing a competition with about eight teams. You know, if they're that good, they would have won one. Which probably makes it all the more painful, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. As a Mayo man who can understand the pain of defeats in major finals. 
well, I think we've had a bit more pain than even Waterford. Hmm. I have no sympathy for them at all. Uh, there's a hell of a lot going on today, and we're going to be covering quite a bit of it over uh, the next while. Uh, we'll start with the golf, though, obviously. Uh, Rory McIlroy's been talking. So he played today, played really well. Back Scottish Open, we're a week away from the Open Championship. It's at Royal Liverpool. He won the last time at Royal Liverpool in 2014. Starts off brilliantly at the Renaissance Club. You think Rory's going to be happy with life. Obviously, there's been a lot of live talk. A lot of live talk uh, with the Senate hearing over the last 24 hours and all that. He was asked about uh, live and part of the live conversation. I'm sure you probably heard Joe's uh, chat last night with Jeff Shackelford uh, when Amanda Staveley of Newcastle United fame was putting together her list of things that she would uh, like, like to, to purchase see. for them. Yeah. So, you know, a little bit of give and take here and there. Uh, part of it was that both Rory McIlroy and Tiger Woods would be offered live team ownership and play in 10 <coughs> tournaments each, which I pointed out in Golf Weekly today. I definitely think raises the possibility of a hologram version of Tiger Woods playing in golf tournaments some stage not that far into the future I do think there's no way he's going around for 10 tournaments a year PGA or live uh, anytime soon uh, Rory was asked about it today uh, gave a very considered response he said if live golf was the last play to place to play golf on earth I'd retire now the people around shocked. live golf are partially his future employers are they not Nathan Absolutely. Like this feels like major shade, even if he can go, no, 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 it's the live concept I have an issue with, not the new amalgamation, merger, whatever terms you want to use. He still just turned around and said, you know what, stick your poxy league. It's very strange because I would see it as PIF and LIV are more or less the same thing. Yes, different lettering, but the PIF owns, runs, live golf. I think what McElroy is trying to say is the Greg Norman entity is something he never wants to be a part of. But it is going to be fascinating as this develops. And already following off from the Senate hearing, even in the last hour, they're trying to pick apart this deal. And both sides have now bizarrely agreed that they will still poach from either side. So it was anti-competitive that Liv had agreed to stop poaching from the PGA Tour. The players should still be offered up. How all this develops, God knows. But you would have to think that there is every possibility that McElroy would be expected to play in some sort of a live event play in Saudi Arabia. Or maybe he just says, as he said previously, didn't like where the money is coming from and he plays his PGA Tour events and whatever live swing there is in the winter in Saudi, he just skips it all. Maybe he pays his fine if he doesn't turn up for certain tournaments that are designated in the Middle East or whatever else and moves on. It's incredible because we were on Golf Weekly recording earlier and after Rory's round and he didn't do any media at all this week ahead and we were saying again we thought maybe this was just an American thing post the Masters that he was staying out of stuff for a little while Richie and then straight after his round just drops this absolute bombshell that will get everybody talking for the next week yeah and but it's not saying anything new so it's, I don't know I'm kind of finding the whole Rory hates live thing kind of tiresome particularly when it is the same entity and the same pockets funding now literally all of golf all of men's golf at least anyway um like i don't know what his his gripe is now at this stage it, it kind of it, it's losing a bit of well steam. i think his gripe if it's more difficult to look at now that they're coming together and um there seems to be have a the issues at board level have been cleared up his issue is live came in and tried to destroy the game of professional golf as it was yeah so it seems his issue is far less the ownership and more so they tried to divide golf and half. Mm. And I think it's most definitely just personal with Greg Norman as well, mm. with the way it developed. Um, Made of mine, Connor's been in touch. Patrick Horgan, 
decent shout Making Cork says Patrick Horgan's got to be up there as well hard to think it's nearly 20 years since Liam was Lee side it's a drought and John on YouTube hurling top four Tony Brown John Milan Ollie Canning Kieran Carey so he didn't put Hoggy in there lads best non-Mayo players never to win in All-Ireland <laughs> that's the new <laughs> list that's the new list we're going with Declan Brown Matty Ford Eamon O'Hara Paul Pardon, Desi Dolan all good players all probably yeah. I think you've just given a list of the best players of their respective counties I heard uh, Shane trying to get Monaghan in and people were complaining he was just using his Monaghan bias by trying to get McManus in as one of his best ever Shane's Monaghan bias surely not I know never heard of it Richie uh, no, shocking. Garrod, who's watching us on YouTube, was at Live in St. Albans at Centurion last Friday. Concept is excellent. He loves a flash mob, does Garrod. That's what gets him going at a golf tournament. What, what did Garrod like? Was was it the beer's been thrown That's what we want to know. That's yeah. what we want to know. We had our golf weekly day on Monday at Killeen Castle. And last weekend, so Live, you would have said, was of the male tournaments, the one that stood out. So you had a DP World Tour event. You had a PGA Tour event that none of the top guys were playing in. You had Live Golf, and we asked the audience who had watched what, and I think half the audience had watched the European Tour Golf on the Sunday afternoon. A good percentage had watched the PGA Tour on the Sunday night, or I would say we're flicking between that and the uh, Women's US Open. I think two people had watched the Live event, and it was Cam Smith against Patrick Reed. Like, it's not having any cut through at all. Our friends of the pod golf purists, though, who would be turned off no, by they're absolute golf nerds. They're nerds. They'll watch Anthem. They'll Except Liv Golf, it turns out. Yeah, they'll watch two lads trying to play pitch and put up in St. Anne's Park, to be honest. But, like, they won't watch Liv. <laughs> is Liv Golf... pitch and put in St. Anne's Park? There is, yeah. Here, I'll tell you where it was. I'll tell you where it was. I was down in Marley Park, which is, some would say, a superior park, Richie. The south side equivalent. On the <laughs> south side. It does, well, you see, Marley Park doesn't have a seaside uh, a seaside frontage. Um, oh, but like, it's got the... Um, ma- St. Uh, well, St. Anne's Park doesn't have the mountains in the background, does it? Uh, it has uh, lovely Clontarf in the background it has uh, magic tunnels underneath the whole anyway one thing St. Anne's Park small Japanese have, garden is Potter Carrington's putting zone yeah yeah unbelievable unbelievable so it's based on this Himalaya circuit that they have at St. Andrews it's basically 18 hole putting green and it's free 100% free rock down with the kids they give you your putters with the kids they give you the balls Come on, where are we going, Da? The putting green. Brilliant. <laughs> Harrington's putting green. <laughs> well, I went to play crazy golf last Friday with them and it was 50 quid. <laughs> this is free. It's it's the best deal in Dublin. Is crazy golf not a lot more I fun would drive the from the this? north side to the south side for this. No, but this is it's this is a mix of it's actually very good putting practice for golfers. For you, but there's not for a your touch. Kids. There's a touch of crazy golf to it. It's incredibly <laughs> difficult. Touch of. It's in, but it's a bit like something like this you would expect to be paying. 15 quid for an hour I was there for 90 minutes totally free they give they give you the clubs you don't even need to bring the clubs they give you the I don't know where you're laughing this is a public service announcement stupid (laughs) and you're playing you're you're putting on Father Garrington's little green I have this expectation of your kids of you turning around to them going sorry children you can stand over there you're not going to enjoy this in the same level I will (laughs) it's the summer holidays I get to pick and choose remember do you remember that bit in Fahrenheit 9-11 where uh, was it George Bush turns to the camera and says, now watch me make this drive. That's you to your kids on the button green. <laughs> I, 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 this is not a joke. This was a serious point. This is one of the best free things you can do in Dublin right now. If you're down the country and you're coming up for a match at the weekend, I'd say stop by Marley Park. There's a big car park out the back. It's just off the M50. In you go. This is 
This is the greatest idea Harrington has oh, ever God. had. We're going to Marley Park. They should have a statue of Harrington outside it. I'm starting Nathan a campaign Murphy. right now. There should be You're a statue Indian. of Harrington anyways in Dublin as our greatest sports person. Why You're not put it outside his putting green? Nathan, you have to put it forward. You're going to be in front of an accounts committee meeting. You have to admit that you're in the employ of Big Park. But what I'm Come saying, on, Richie, is there. this is the remarkable thing. It's free. Where do you get at for free these days? You didn't use a communal putter, though. No way. No, I brought my own putter. Yeah, there you go. See? <laughs> Obviously. Why would I use a communal putter? <laughs> that was one of the reasons you were saying it was so great. Exactly. Oh, turn up, there's putters here. So you can go and Richie can go and the kids can go and you don't need to buy them a putter just to go down. Got kids putters and everything, and free golf balls. Like I don't know how, like how many people just go home with the golf balls. I wouldn't advise it because then the worry with this is someone will ruin it for everybody else. I'm just putting it out there, public service announcement. Okay, we've maybe gone too far with this now. A little bit, yeah. Particularly since there's so much going on uh, this afternoon. Uh, Richie, where do you want to start? Uh, we'll start in Europe, namely on Gibraltar, where uh, Dundalk played out a goal, a straw away to Bruno's Magpies in the first leg of their Conference League first qualifying round tie. They'll meet again at Oriel next Thursday. They are 16 minutes into the first half in Torshavn, where Derry City are taking on HB of the Faroe Islands. No Ryan Graydon for Derry tonight, with the winger signing a two-year deal with Fleetwood Town. Bohemians have pipped Dublin rivals St. Pat's to the signing of Danny Grant. The winger left Bowes for Huddersfield two and a half years ago, but never managed a senior appearance. He spent last season on loan at League 2 Harrogate. Slugger Rovers, meanwhile, signed Portuguese striker Pedro Martello. And Waterford defender Timmy Saboale has joined the English League One club Shrewsbury. Saboale has been replaced at the RSC by 19-year-old Harry Nevin, formerly of Preston. So what's been going on with Johnny Sexton today? Uh, he has, uh, well, he's got to wait ahead of him. He will have to wait until tomorrow at the earliest to discover his fate as it relates to the World Cup. The Ireland captain spent all day before an independent disciplinary panel and got underway at 9am. He's charged with misconduct arising from his behaviour during the Heineken Champions Cup final. The hearing concluded without a judgment being handed down. Leinster have also been charged with failing to exercise reasonable control over Sexton around that clash with La Rochelle at the Aviva Stadium. And wouldn't you know it, Leinster's Heineken Champions Cup pool campaign will begin with a rerun of last season's final. They'll be away to La Rochelle on December the 10th. Connacht are the first Irish side into action on Friday, December 8th. They have a home match with Bordeaux Begle. Ulster are away to Bath on the Saturday that weekend and Munster will be at home to Bayonne. Uh, it's a bit away, but we will have full commentary of all those big games in the European Champions Cup come December. Forget Mayo, lads. Best Connacht player never to win in All-Ireland. Leitrim's late great, Packy McGarty is a message in from Anonymous and Garrod has been in touch who was at Centurion for the Live Golf last week music on every tee and green less formal the funification of sport has got to stop unless it's free golf they're putting green putting green which is fine for everybody but this idea of if we add a bit of music it's just more crack for everybody it's not though is it no. it never is but Garrod had never time it's fun. Garrod had, listen if that's, if that's what you're into Garrod I suppose we should uh, welcome back to Liz and Rahini, who's just home from Boston. She missed us, but she's glad to be home. It's been a while. Good to, have, Good to have you, Liz. Um, mm. So, the is there a row between the Camogie Association, the GEA, the LGFA, the GPA? Yeah. Seems like there is at this stage. The Camogie Association today releasing a statement criticising the GPA's handling of the dispute involving inter-county women's players. They claim the players' union has failed to engage with them in a meaningful way since April's publication of the GPA's State of Play report. This week, the GPA confirmed that Camogie and women's senior footballers would not be engaging in media duties as they continue to seek a female squad charter. The Camogie Association say they will be seeking the assistance of the GEA 
as they look to improve supports for inter-county players. I think the GA made it clear yesterday as well at the Oireachtas that if they look for help, they'd be only too happy to, to assist them. Yeah, I think uh, Tom Ryan wrote a pretty open check uh, when he was in front of the Oireachtas committee and it just makes you wonder why there can't be a speeding up of the process to integrate the associations if the GA are so open-minded for it to happen. I mean, I know there's a lot of details still to be worked out, but... If this charter is to happen and if the GEA need to be the people alongside the GPA who are the ones that actually uh, get that process going, why can't they just speed up integration and get it done? Because ultimately, if the GEA need to be the stakeholder who provide this even as an external body currently, surely it makes more sense to actually be joined up at this stage. And last few weeks have just been messy. You even think of the weekend where the GPA have come out about the fact that the uh, Kilkenny and Clare players on Sunday were mm. going to wear a T-shirt, but then instructions were given out that they were asked not to do so. But the GEA denied that that instruction was mm. given out. So again, who do you believe in all this? There's a, a huge amount of back and forth. I mean, it seems bizarre if the GPA was not in direct correspondence with the Camogie Association for the best part of a month. There's sure. so ma- much, uh, so many parts of this that just don't make sense, uh, including, I think, the GPA protest that a union would have only half its members protesting. Hmm. And then it opened up a bit when there was the solidarity from the captains. And some of the individual counties I've noticed over the last 48 hours on social media have been producing videos of their captains across their four teams who were all joined together and wearing the T-shirts. But then for the protests with the men's team not to happen at the weekend, it looked a little bit messy and confusing around the Kilkenny team with the Kilkenny Cork game as well. Even though it was denied later that Kilkenny were not taking a formal part in the protests, it still looked messy. The Cork went back into the dressing rooms and felt kind of disunited. And you also wonder at this stage, um, the protests, are they really having that much of an impact on advancing this story at this stage? I think most people are probably thinking, yeah, basic standards for female players should be there. Yes, a team doctor should be available and, you know, players shouldn't be out of pocket for playing. But at the same time, there's kind of a a recognition that where's that money going to come from? Uh, The referee has been announced for the the hurling. Excuse me. I know you're disgusted at the fact that there'll be a Wicklow official looking after the All-Ireland Senior Hurling final meeting of Limerick and Kilkenny. It's John Keenan, who was the man in the middle for last year's Munster Hurling final, but this will be his first senior All-Ireland decider. Meanwhile, David Herity, a guest of the show on Monday, has stepped down after five years in charge of the Kildare Hurlers under the stewardship of the former Kilkenny goalkeeper. Kildare won two Christie rings and the Division 2B league title. I've only seen half of this interview so far and I'm sure a lot of people have watched it today. It's um, been doing the rounds online mm. but I would recommend everybody does sit down for a little while and watch it. So Delhi Alley has sat down with Gary Neville um, to talk about some of the issues that he's faced over the last few years. I should point out the only reason he ended up talking to Gary Neville was because a tabloid had threatened to go public uh, with his story that he'd been in rehab. Uh, what can you tell us about it, Richie? Yeah, Deli Ali revealed that he was sexually abused when he was just six years old and began dealing drugs two years later. The Everton midfielder was talking about his childhood on the Overlap podcast with Gary Neville. He says he's recently spent six weeks in a rehab facility to deal with his mental health. He's also been addicted to sleeping pills in the past. The 27-year-old, as you mentioned there, says he only decided to approach Neville and his people with his story when a tabloid threatened to go public with that rehab tale. Yeah, it really is um, dreadful what Deli Ali has been through. And look, we're probably all guilty of looking at his career from afar and wondering what might have been and what could have been, considering just how brilliant he was. And those couple of years under Maurizio Pochettino at Tottenham and such a force for the England side and hard to imagine 
back in 2016 that when England are competitive at a 2022 World Cup he's nowhere near the squad not even in contention and barely playing football whereas I think when you listen to his story actually the success is that he had this sort of career at all that he was able to get to the very top considering uh, all he went through when he was a kid particularly he points out if you watch the full video that even when he was at his absolute peak around 2018 particularly that summer with England uh, when they got to the World Cup semi-finals he was saying outwardly he was playing really well he was smiling everyone thought he was jovial and really good fun and at the same time he was in the middle of having to hide everything and also he was uh, on sleeping pills at the time and he felt that everything was a mess outside of football it was almost like football uh, was a relief at the time and then I think for so many people, that wasted potential narrative is obviously huge. And people try to distill it back to almost the conversation with Jose Mourinho, which was filmed as part mm. of the Tottenham documentary, which is almost this idea that Deli Ali doesn't want it enough, that it was almost all before him. And then you probably get an appreciation when you see him break down and get Gary, ne- Gary Neville gets remarkably um, emotional himself while talking to Deli Ali as Deli Ali shares a story on this as well. Uh, you probably realise what this guy's been going through, not just for you know the period where people talk about his wasted potential, but issues he's had since he was only a very, very young boy. Uh, you can watch that online on the overlap now. Uh, Luke Jensen coming up in about 10 minutes' time on Wimbledon, but ladies' mm. single semi finals day today. Yeah, it was a great, uh, particularly the second match uh, on centre court. Anz Jabour through to a second consecutive Wimbledon women's singles final. The seventh seed came from a set and 4-2 down in the second to beat the second seed, Arena Sabalenka, in three sets today. Jabour will play Marketa Vondrosova in Saturday's final. The Czech beat Alina Svitolina 6-3, 6-3 in the first match on centre court. I'm a bit concerned now about the putting green in Marley because oh, no. it's in really good condition. So you would think, again, that when there's that many people on it, that it could get wrecked. Bad weather but, they have a, but they have a limit on the amount of people that can go on every day. You're not helping this by well, going this on the radio going, this go was to like the, best, the, the best kept secret in uh, South Dublin. Not and anymore. opened it up to the masses. Uh, it five up, star rating it. for the Marley Pudding Green, says One Trick Pony on YouTube. And Enda has been in touch on Twitter. Sounds brilliant. My son was up in Dublin today. He'll be sickened that he could have spent an hour or two putting there. Do I tell him he'll be leaving the country for a while next week? Like it's it's good, but I I don't know if it's gonna a, a nice little treat in your final few hours in the country. Exactly, let's go put for an hour. Yeah, I think the little statue of Harrington outside would be a great idea, wouldn't it? That's very weird. Why? Why would we Just, not have a? Why should we not have a, a statue of Potter Harrington? You should probably like if like if Potter Harrington was one. from down the country, you'd absolutely yeah. have a statue of him. There'll end up being a statue of Shane Lowry in Clara. One hundred percent. I was just going to say, I'm surprised there's not one already. So why wouldn't we have a statue of Harrington? Not, not in Marley Park, like but, maybe in Stackstown. But not well, Stackstown is literally up the road and it's yeah, a private it golf club. So you can't exactly. go. It's like a mile up the road. You can't Keep, go in and see it there. Marley's the public park. We start it right here. Do you not get slightly worried that almost every statue that's made for a sports person is horrific? Well, that's that's uh, <laughs> always always a worry. Though, though, down at Killeen Castle, there's a statue of Jack Nicholas and Paul Ferreter, who was the sculptor, was uh, playing in our golf day on Monday. And it's top quality. So basically what you're saying is you are the man. the right person at the right time. You are the middle man to go to him, commission a Potter Carrington statue and make it good. Uh, Jack Nicholas designed the course at Killeen Castle, by the way. They didn't just put one there randomly. Or you'll describe its statue as good if you get to play with its sculptor. Well, exactly. I think it should be recognised when the statue has been unveiled as to the driving force behind this. That you went off on one tonight. So let's start it. South Dublin County Council or wherever, whatever council Marley Park is in. Let's get it going. It's Dunleary right down, surely. Dunleary right down, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Probably. Possibly. 
Anyways, I, I don't think it's that outlandish an idea. Uh, bring us up to date with what's going on at the Scottish Open and the yeah, great Roy, man himself. Uh, yeah, Rory McIlroy, three shots off the lead following his opening round of 64 at the Scottish Open today. He is six under par with Korea's Byung Hun An, the clubhouse leader there on nine under. Podrick Harrington shot a three under round of 67. Tom McKibben finished level. Shane Lowry is also, uh, we finished on one over par, pardon me, today. Uh, meanwhile, Seamus Power pulled out midway through his first round his uh, participation at next week's Open Championship very much in doubt due to a hip injury. So we're going to talk to Dominic King about uh, well, both Merseyside clubs uh, a little bit later on, but really focusing on the stories around Liverpool. And I think a lot of people were very surprised about this story last night for many reasons, uh, both mm. um, on the footballing side and on the moral side, that Jordan Henderson looks set to move to Saudi Arabia. Yeah, Saudi clubs appear to be conducting a raid on Liverpool's midfield in particular. Al Etifak, managed by Steven Gerrard, have reportedly agreed a deal with Jordan Henderson. A fee is still to be agreed with Liverpool, though, for the 33-year-old, which could be a stumbling block. While Al Etihad are hoping to lure Fabinho away from Anfield, a bid of £40 million has been put on the Brazilian. So the talk around Henderson is seven hundred grand a week. Tax-free. Yep. Mm-hmm. So you can't really turn that kind of money down, can you? Very difficult to turn down. Now, yeah. I think a lot of people are rightly very upset by the potential of this happening. Like uh, Liverpool LGBT fan group saying today they're appalled, concerned that like Jordan Henderson has been such a supporter of them for fairly him outspoken around a series of issues. Yeah, around the Rainbow Laces campaign um, throughout COVID as well, and then to turn around and go to Saudi Arabia. Now he's on about two hundred and twenty grand a week. So you can say the money doesn't matter, and people say life changing. You know, from where Jordan Henderson grew up. Um, you know, I think his current contract is probably life changing in itself. Uh, but seven hundred grand a week, three four year deal. He's probably going to come away with somewhere between eighty and hundred million if he was to see it out and get paid. Which does actually seem to be one of the concerns here. Quite a few of these clubs are going under transfer bans and all sorts for lack of wages but again probably maybe, less concern now the PIF for back in the top mm, four clubs you would think that's the money's there for them and this is a big play on sport they're doing right now like Brozovic Milinkovic Savic they're signing Ruben Neves they're signing like we compared this to China a few weeks ago oh, this, this is much, this feels much very bigger different. now than China I think Karim Benzema signing like Cristiano Ronaldo at the time obviously said all this in train but like Benzema world footballer of the year mm going to Saudi change things and then Jordan Henderson Liverpool captain you wouldn't say at the peak of his powers but like Henderson would have started 20 games for Liverpool next season yeah yeah um it's I guess it from he's like he was such a progressive figure in terms of the Premier League uh in terms of his captaincy how he used that how he used it to influence others as well in the league I don't think that should be forgotten either and to see him just go, all right, yeah, I'll, I'll just take the the Saudi money and forget all that that I have done. Like Liverpool is a funny club. Like they will, their fans can easily wash you out of history if you are seen to have gone against the grain there, be it while you're still there or in leaving or something you've done post being there. Um, like there's players like like people like Sunus uh, for what he did with speaking to the Sun, Michael Owen with joining Manchester United. You can be forgotten about pretty quickly there. Uh, in terms of being a fan favourite and if he does take that money to go to a, a country like Saudi Arabia as attractive as the money is uh, I don't think he'll be as viewed in the same light at Liverpool that he may have been had he just played out these last couple of years and rode off into the sunset into retirement and on the purely footballing side of it I think when these deals started initially people probably looked at what was going on at Chelsea 
a lot of football fans may have thought, well, actually, this is ideal for clubs. You're getting rid of players in their 30s who you might want to get rid of for massive money. Like Liverpool are going to get maybe 20 million at most for Henderson. Yeah, but if they get 40 million for Fabinho, it works out quite nicely, doesn't it? It's a heck of a turnover in their midfield. Six, seven midfielders, still speculation around Thiago as well. You'd have to expect that they're going yeah. to invest in at least one or two new midfielders. And they need, do you know what they need? They need uh, strengthening in other areas. They need a right back if they're going to persist with this mm. thing and playing uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold in midfield. Uh, the centre of their defence is still pretty thin um, in terms of top, top level ability. And you only have to look at Virgil van Dijk's performances this season for club and certainly for the Netherlands for country. Like They're really so par. Uh, and they would need strengthening there and it wouldn't like it'd be along with uh, Marco van Basten and Ruud Hullet I wouldn't rate Virgil van Dijk's abilities as a captain uh, by any stretch so if they are going to sell these players like Fabinho and Henderson for a chunk of change it needs to be invested wisely in, in people who can defend Nothing from the Oroctus today lads And now Oroctus for the last three days done. We are done with the Oroctus and uh, we are done with the news round as well Richie thank you as ever Nice one Nathan Callahan. Cheers, lads. You're welcome to Marley to the pudding. Anytime. Green. Anytime. <laughs> Anytime. Just we'll, we'll pass the statue on the way in for a bit of luck. Exactly. Just just remember who's unveiling it. I'll be you know, me and Paulrick together sometime next year. It's gonna be a beautiful, beautiful thing. 